Welcome to Digital First Leadership, the podcast that focuses on helping leaders and teams understand how to master the language of social media in today's digital first world. Welcome to the show. I'm Richard Bliss, your host, and you're listening to Digital First Leadership Podcast. Today, my guest is Bertina Ciccarelli. And Bertina joins us from New York City, where she's the CEO of NPower. Bertina, thank you for joining me. Well, thank you so much for the invitation. It's great to be here with you. You know, it is a lot of fun. You and I have known each other a short amount of time. Uh, connection is David Riley, former CIO of Bank of America, who introduced us. He's, I think, the, on your board. Is he the chairman of your board? He is the chairman of our board. Yes, indeed. And so we, and we're gonna have him on the show as well to talk about some of the things that he does. But it's a pleasure to be here, particularly because I've been working for a short time with the Empower organization. And I'm gonna pull this right in your LinkedIn profile because as I look at your LinkedIn, this is what it says in the opening. It says that you're on a mission to advance equity in the tech industry, to disrupt the status quo, to build a more inclusive workplace as the CEO of Empower. Help my audience understand where that passion comes from and, and, and what you're talking about when you talk about that 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 passion to advance equity in the tech industry. Well, Richard, listen, it is no surprise to you or I'm sure your audience that people of color, women are dramatically underrepresented as a percent in the field of technology. And yet these are jobs that have high growth opportunities, great salaries. And when I think about disrupting the status quo to change that equation dramatically, it requires an investment in innovation and in how we think about very differently uh, developing, cultivating, attracting underrepresented talent into the tech field. And that's what Empower does. Really, our mission is to identify candidates, uh, young people from uh, oftentimes underserved communities, veterans, their spouses, uh, military personnel transitioning out of their military service and present to them an opportunity to change their life outcomes through a career in technology. And we are simply a bridge that provides the training and the professional development and the on-ramps to a career that truly can be life-changing. You know, that's what, uh, Bertina, that's what drew me to you in the first place. Because as Mike, uh, excuse me, as David Riley and I were working together, he mentioned his role with NPower. And as a former veteran myself, I have always been drawn to the understanding of how difficult it sometimes can be for individuals to make that transition from the military life to the civilian life, the language, the lexicon, the, 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 the cadence of speaking and how you approach a problem. And uh, that's why I was drawn to your organization. And I know, having worked with veterans myself, there are some challenges that veterans and, um, and you said youth or young people coming out of these underserved communities, they're facing some distinct challenges that you address. What are some of those challenges to help the audience understand maybe where they're coming from? Yeah, so listen, I sort of think about those barriers in three categories. You know, the first is really experiential. And, and I say that because we know a lot of companies, what they first look for in a candidate is have you done this job before? Well, that's gonna be an automatic strike for so many of the candidates coming through in power because they're coming to us oftentimes from minimum wage jobs um, that might be part-time, uh, they might be service sector, they might be security guards. Uh, they're not bringing to a Fortune 500 company an immediate connection in their background and skills and experience 
to what that entry-level tech job might require. And so without a program like Empower, they're not even gonna get a chance. So the first barrier is experience. Uh, maybe they didn't go to the right college or they don't have a college degree at all. Um, you know, and some are facing barriers, which I, I, I think of in the category really connected to poverty, right? The second category of barriers, which are often constructed by um, conditions of generational poverty. It might be having stable living arrangements, uh, uh, having stable childcare uh, access, or just absence of a network of people who have been in professional careers or tech jobs that they can identify with and ask for advice. So that's the second barrier. And the third I would just say is maybe in the, in the, in the, in the category of, of personal um, uh, withholding, right? And I say that because some of what we see, and this is both in our young adult and our veteran populations, is um, a need to boost self-confidence. There is a characteristic of imposter syndrome that we work very, very hard to help our student candidates overcome. And we've got some specific methodologies to help with that. Some of it may be language barrier. And I don't mean verbal language, but oftentimes it's body language. Even if I think about our veteran candidates, and you've probably seen this yourself, Richard, um, looking somebody in the eye or even a smile, right? These are sometimes qualities and characteristics that in the military are not always looked well upon, but we did an interview, right? That kind of connection face-to-face -face is really important. So those are, I would say, the general categories of barriers that we help our students overcome. You know, and I have, and this is why I was so drawn to the Empower organization when I first uh, was introduced because as we train and teach LinkedIn presence, online digital presence, the whole, the podcast is called digital first leadership. The idea of how do I present myself online? I just sat through a session training some of your um, students and alumni uh, minutes before we got on this call. And one of the things I helped them point out is that, for example, one person had put in there that they're hoping to start a career in cybersecurity, which is great tech position. I then pointed out to them that that language implies that they are leading with an acknowledgement that they don't know anything. And I, I changed the language to say, are you saying you're hoping somebody hires you to teach you things you don't know, right? Are you hoping somebody, because you said, I hope, which implies doubt, that as I start my journey, which implies lack of experience, that I can learn about cybersecurity. And I simply changed the language for them on that that LinkedIn profile that says, and I'm drawn to cybersecurity because of my background in the military helps me understand how threats today from the physical to the digital are critical to any company and any organization. That language, that's just, and that's what you're talking about, language, that shift in, they were feverishly taking notes as we, uh, <laughs> as we were talking, but it's helping them understand not how to identify their gaps and weaknesses and lack of experience, but draw upon the th very things that they do know. And that's uh, something that I think that you're identifying here that, that we see young, we also train a lot of uh, new sales reps who have hired out of the service industry, coming out of retail, who are brought into the tech industry to be a new sale, so service rep. And oftentimes the challenge they face is that they've been in their, they're talking to people who have been in their careers longer than they've been alive. And so we help them understand how to not have that imposter syndrome, that you have an organization behind you. 
You're not there because you know all the answers. You're there because you can get the job done. Well, so and I'm you know, very, I think, yeah, good. I, you know, I think Richard, what you're pointing to is we sometimes focus too much on barriers, right? Because our job is to identify and help overcome. But in truth, some of these barriers are actually great strengths, right? Yep. And you point out this example of somebody coming from the military and just this vast experience, while might not necessarily be directly connected to cyber technology skills, there's a pretty small gap, right? That that person has to leap over to get those skills, right? That's where Empower and our technical training comes in. But even if I think about that customer service representative who, you know, in the heat of a very challenging customer call has to um, smooth over ruffled feathers, uh, calm the person down, do some on-premise on, uh, 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 problem solving, quick thinking, right? All of these are exactly the kind of professional skills. Somebody on a help desk working with a senior executive whose PowerPoint presentation just blew up, you know, you've got to be calm, cool, collected, and a problem solver on the spot to be able to do that job. So I think it is really looking at the strengths that can connect, connect directly to the jobs that are entry level in tech. And again, just burst them with the technology skills that you could acquire through certifications. Yeah, and that's excellent. And in today's world, we've got this rapidly changing workforce, right? Um, this this hybrid environment. Are, are there something that you help for students understand how to take advantage of this new? Because when you and I were going in the workforce, this if you worked from home, that was a euphemism for unemployed. Okay, that's right. That's right. right. That's of, of course, of course. Boy, the world has changed so dramatically. And look, while I think every company is settling on some very different norms and it does look very different from culture to culture, there's three things that I keep in mind as I talk to both our team at Empower uh, and student candidates, uh, which is really the following. First, you gotta be visible. And I mean that literally and figuratively. When you are on a Zoom or WebEx or Teams call, have your camera on, be present. Uh, and also be visible in terms of connecting in real time with your colleagues. There's always the meeting after the meeting or before the meeting. It's where sometimes the real work gets done. And if you just sort of disappear and you're not a part of those conversations, your visibility into the organization and your colleagues understanding of you as a valued team member um, gets undermined. So visibility is key. I think the second thing is just really building those relationships and being very intentional about that, right? Be known as a strong communicator, as a strong problem solver, be that ally to colleagues where you're the go-to person they know they can count on to get stuff done. And then I, I think the other thing that I would say is create boundaries for yourself. Because I think the other challenge in this hybrid and remote work environment is it is so easy to be consumed by back-to-back -back calls where you feel like, okay, it's six o'clock at night. Now this is where I'm getting my real work done. And that is not healthy or sustainable for anybody. So trying to carve out that time and block out space to the degree anybody can to do the follow-up and communications is, is I think helpful for anybody's sanity. Yeah. Um, yeah. My wife and I both work from home. We're both in tech. And uh, sometimes we don't see each other. Uh, oftentimes my calls start at 5 a.m. because I'm dealing with the U. I'm in California. I'm dealing with the UK. I'm dealing with Germany. And then 
So she's asleep and then her calls will go to six or seven. And so we sometimes see each other once or twice. We work in the same house, although I'm in a tent in my backyard. Uh, it makes it very interesting experience of those personal boundaries. And sometimes we fail at it as well. You know, one of the things I wanted to ask about is that as you bring in uh, candidates who are part of the Empower program, and you work with these individuals, are there certain sets of skills that you're looking to teach them or certain set of skills that you're looking to enhance that maybe they're even unaware that they have? Yeah, so it's a, it's a really great question. And you know what I'll, what I'll maybe first respond to is just the qualifications we look for in students and trainees who come into the NPOWER program. Um, and we have basic criteria that um, are, are really straightforward. You need to be able to legally work in the US, have a minimum of a uh, high school diploma, and just have a really strong passion for technology. But you don't have to have experience, nor are we going to put you through a whole battery of assessment tests. What we are going to look for is a kind of grit and resilience that suggests you can go through a pretty tough half-day program for 16 weeks and that you're willing to do the hard work, to do the homework, and to sit for some pretty challenging certification tests, whether through CompTIA or through a program that we have in partnership with Google and other great companies like Amazon Web Services. So if you are willing to put in the effort and the time commitment, um, part of our commitment to students is it will surround you with the social supportive services to help you overcome some of those barriers we talked about earlier. We'll help you with professional development, much like Richard, the work that you are doing with our students to help them shape their LinkedIn profiles. And we'll connect you to either a Department of Labor Registered Apprenticeship Program or an internship so you can get that on-the-job real experience so that when we do connect you to a full-time job opportunity, you can talk about what you have done in the tech sector, in industry, and you no longer have to worry about that barrier of, I don't have tech experience, because now you yeah. do. Yeah, and we work... I, I work with a lot of, like I said, new sales reps and they, you know, they've worked at the gap or they've worked at Abercrombie and whatever. And that, and that, and they're wondering, one of them asked me today, if I had a filler job. I had a bereavement. Do I put that in there? And I'm like, no, work unfocused on the skills that you have that will bring benefit. And oftentimes they're hidden skills, their passion, their grit, their determination, their ability to overcome all of those things are there. And uh, I, I think that's fantastic. Here's something though, that's, that I'd like to touch on uh, moving away from the students. And that is to the organization itself. I work here in Silicon Valley. A lot of my clients, most of my clients are tech, large tech firms, but many of those are involved with empower themselves. If, if we, if for those who are listening, who are part of that industry, help them understand how their companies could get involved or be involved with empower. Oh, and there's many different ways, Richard, that we invite the engagement of corporate partners. First, starting with volunteer engagement. We are so fortunate to have volunteers from all levels of the tech hierarchy. And that includes HR professionals and sales professionals, including technologists who come in and give a guest lecture on maybe a technical topic as part of the curriculum for the week, or maybe professional development on how to prepare for an interview or spiff up your resume. We have a formal mentoring program that a number of our corporate partners engage with. Uh, and then we also have a series of 
leadership volunteer activities through regional advisory boards, through a national advisory council, through our governing board at the national level. And at each of these, we invite feedback on our curriculum, on our students, on our programming, because what's essential to us is that we are meeting the needs of our employer partners so we can get better, we can be agile and continue to innovate based on the feedback we get from those partners. So I see that engagement and participation as absolutely essential to our success um, if we are gonna to continue to have impact and grow and help the communities we target. That's excellent. How would people find out more information about NPower? All they need to do is go to npower.org and there's a very easy way to find out how to become involved and how to hire our students. And that's NPower with just the N, N-P-O-W-E-R.org. That's excellent. That's correct. Thank you. Bertina, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy. I know you've been under the weather a little bit. So thank you so much for taking the time to kind of talk about a little bit of the impact you're having on the lives of other individuals and how organizations can get involved. Thank you for your time. Well, thank you, Richard. I really appreciate the opportunity. Look forward to talking to you again soon. As do I. You've been listening to the Digital First Leadership Podcast. I'm the host, Richard Bliss, and my guest has been Bertina Ciccarelli, and she's the CEO of NPower. I want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for your participation and the comments that you receive that I receive from all of you who are involved with the audience of this podcast. Thanks for listening. Take care. You've been listening to Digital First Leadership, the podcast where you learn to leverage and build your expertise on digital platforms. For more valuable tips on mastering the language of social media, subscribe to our newsletter at blisspointconsult.com. If you'd like to stay in touch, feel free to add Richard on LinkedIn and join the conversation.